Refreshing, delicious and packed with the good stuff. It's The Juice with Louise Wilkinson on Newcastle Live Radio. It is time for Raising Wildlings, which it means that it's my pleasure to welcome back Mel Burgess from Love Parenting. How are you today, Mel? Oh, Louise, thanks for having this conversation again. No problem at all. I mean, it's always a revelation when you're on. And uh, you always come up with things that really sort of hit in the feels and give us some pause to think about our parenting because, you know, as I talk about a lot on this show, uh, we think nothing of going and training, you know, with work or we go to the gym or whatever we do. But our relationships being our intimate partner relationships and our kid relationships, I think sometimes we just think they're going to take care of themselves. It's always good to have a check-in because it's usually when things start going south that we realise exactly how important and how central to our lives these relationships are. And it's, it's so easy, isn't it? Life's busy. And I was reading the other day, there's more decisions that get made in a day than there ever has been. And there's more, you know, the velocity so much. So, um, yeah, it's a natural phenomenon to to take for granted what we can and yes. just um, approach the immediacy stuff. But um, when we've got some good frameworks to think about our relationships and the way we communicate, then when we... Um, when things happen, we can hang it on that and make sense of it and stop the, you know, the wasted time and the wasted energy and the, the ruptures that um, happen when we miscommunicate. Yeah, okay. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about uh, the communication between ourselves and our children and how sometimes that can get a little bit skew with. And we can feel it, can't we? The the there's no doubt that we've had the, we've had the times where it's like far out. Like what what's this about? Like why why does this always happen? Or why did that go so awry? And um, I'd love to talk about black box parenting, which is a um, a program that I retrained in or refreshed in on Friday. Yeah, and gosh, it just makes really big theory. Um, digestible and for me explainable to parents and I'm just so grateful to have people out there in all using all their superpowers to firstly do the research and then the presenter that presented it just had that amazing skill of being able to, to clinch what yeah. parts of the the, the sciencey and um, yeah other parts we we need to be able to relate to parents so they can have an easier time. Right. And, yeah, so it's it's good. And um, essentially it's framing up the word black box within the title means there's a black box within all of us that's a bit like in the plane, the bit they go looking for if a plane um, crashes. Yes. And it's it's recorded everything and it doesn't destruct the way the, 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 the plane, plane can. Does, and yeah. so, yeah, and so we've all got one of them. And our life experiences to date are all recorded in there because our body holds everything. Yes. Um, yeah, we know that. And then in any situation that we're communicating with our child, there's two black boxes. So there's ours and then there's the child's. And mm. it's like Chinese whispers. We, we will have an intended message for our child, but because it has to pass through our black box, we might, for, I'll give it as an example because that will help make it clearer. Yeah, okay. We might be feeling 
you know, we might be feeling stressed out and in need of some space, you know, yes. because something's happened. And that's, at that point, that's all that it is. There's a, we have a legitimate need. We need some space. It passes through our black box and can come out in our words as go away or, yeah, yeah. like I, I, yeah. And then that's all that's happened at that point. But then it goes through our child's black box, which um, if there's been an experience of rejection or fear or guilt, then it gets layered up with another another lens and the child can experience it as that they're not loved, that they're worthless. I get and so, it. yeah. Yeah. So at that stage, you can bet the child's not, um, you know, in the, the space to go, hey, I'm going to let that go around me. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, I can see mum's doing all she can. She's got, <laughs> she's got a lot on and what a big, you know, pandemic she's had. So, <laughs> and so it, all that information, Chinese whispers back in the other direction. And I can't wait to work with parents and my little wooden figurines so that, and I'm going to make some little mini black boxes so that we can see this. So when we know that that's the case, we can understand that our intended message can be really different from the received message. And so in that case, we we can take some um, pressure off ourselves because we know that, you know, it, it went through our black box. Yeah. It also went through the kids. And we can also be less stressed when a child doesn't um, respond in the way that we just wish they could and we told them what we needed and they weren't able to, to do that. Yes. And so it just gives them a bit more empathy to a situation and helps us take responsibility for knowing that um, this is a thing and that it's not the child's responsibility to manage this and, you yeah. know, be be magically able to hold space. And when we, we know that that's all going on, we can go, well, what's in my black box? Which things, and the course is about that. And it's not a therapy and a deep dive. It's like, you know, which which life experiences have changed the way that I respond to people in general, my kids, my partner, and what are the common themes? And within the program, we sat there and we thought about, we actually drew um, a picture which we placed in the course, you placed it in a black box. And that's all set up, you know, really well. But it was really interesting to do it as an exercise and go, yeah, right. Like um, I found myself drawing a picture of me with my socks pulled up. I used to, <laughs> I used to wear these men's walking socks because I'm a, you know, I was born in '75. So the time yeah. I was going through high school, everyone was doing the slouchy men's walking socks or the oh, pull yes. to your knees. Yeah, it's come back. It's in the um, you know, the the anime. Now what's the what's the Japanese um cartoons called? Yeah, anime? Uh, manga. Manga. Yeah, and the you know, so there's you know. Girls doing that again, but um, <laughs> yeah, looking far better, far better than I did in my daggy school uniform with my men's walking socks. But anyway, so the picture I drew was with me with my socks pulled up because sitting there, I thought, yeah, one of my messages that I see the world through is that I have to be, I have to be together, and I have to. It's up yes. to me, and so that flavors like my ability to be vulnerable and other things. And, you know, there's so many layers. And if we know what they are, it's a bit like in Circle of Security. If we know what our shark music is, then we can look at how it affects the way, um, the expectations we have of ourselves 
the unrealistic ones um, and the expectations we have of other people and what things set us off. Yes, I get it. Yeah, and from there we're way better situated to go, oh, yeah, right, like, you know, it might be the presenter was saying in her family, um, her culture, like hierarchy is really important. So you respect elders, you respect um, people with more education, you respect for, you know, up the chain. And she said it's really hard for her to to have kids who these days are so um, even the opposite of whatever hierarchical is. And, um, yeah, and she's like, it drives her crazy. <laughs> people don't, yeah. people don't respect. And so that, that then affects the way that, um, she relates to her kids and other people if she doesn't have that in mind. Yes, I get that. Mm. Yeah. And so any, any upset that we hit will have, it's worth having a think about which, what that's in my black box had me, had me, um, feel that so deeply. Yes. Yeah. Mm. I get it. How fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and then, you know, and we then do things with our kids like, oh, like, you know, if our kids aren't showing that they love us, then we guard our heart and we don't love them. Yes. Well, no, not, not love them, but if they don't show us love, we like, I work with parents all the time and I can relate it to it myself, that it's like, oh, you know, we don't want to go first. <laughs> But yeah. parents' job to go first and, you know, break back after a rupture or, um, yeah, or or be the one that takes the vulnerable step out into, um, yeah, going first in, um, yeah, opening our heart. I get it, yeah. Because it's easy to guard it, but the, the um, guarded heart will result in the child guarding their heart too. And so then we, we drift. Yes, yeah, yeah, because it does hurt our feelings to feel pushed away and and they will inevitably be, well, I don't love you either. I want to go live with dad. <laughs> That's those sorts of – yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so um, after the break, uh, one of the concepts um, from there is push-pull and it would be great to, you know, give an example of that so that people have got something tangible to, to do in the moment. Not the big – like the big reflective stuff's good, big picture, but in the moment there's a whole heap of – Tintac stuff that's um, yeah, really useful. Excellent. I look forward to diving into that with you after the break. You're listening to Raising Wildlings with Mel Burgess from Love Parenting on The Juice. Today, Mel Burgess and myself have been talking about a concept called black box parenting. Essentially, we all have a black box inside us and the way that we communicate with our kids is informed by what is in our black box, our past experiences, and then it has to filter through our child's black box. Now, Mel gave an example in the first segment of a parent who might need some space going, listen, I need some space and that comes out as go away. So the child interprets that not as, oh, poor mum, she's really overwhelmed and she just needs half an hour to herself. The child sees that as rejection because it's passed that way through their black box, which, Mel, can happen so easily if we're not aware of it, can't it? Yeah, and, we and like, I don't want to sit here and um, have parents think that they need to be totally on this. Like, let's have 
permission for ourselves to stuff up regularly. 100%. Um, yeah. and, and just, you know, even if a couple of our responses to our kids in the next 24 hours could be slightly changed, mindful that this is a, um, you know, a 10-week program where mm. they do a beautiful hybrid version. So it's, um, it's an in-person session and then the, the next week you get a call from the facilitator, in-person call um, back and forth so that you've got integration time and the, the magic of group um, process but also individual support. So, yeah, yeah like don't, don't think because they've, they've caught a, um, a session live or on the podcast here and um, it's like, wow, I'm going to be different from now on. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's good to know that it's, a, that it's a thing that's available and essentially – the black box is based on there being the first thing that we need to think about is the foundation that our, you know, our, our children's, you know, uh, childhood experiences um, are built as a house. Yes. So the facilitator gave the example, she has just built a place and it's, there's surveying of the land and checking the soil's right and the slab is thick enough and it's got struts or whatever they put under slabs. So if we just go and throw a house up with the things that we we want kids to have without the connection and relationship with them, it's it's really um, wobbly. Yes. And we've put a whole lot of work in on on something that's yeah, not stable and um, so it's approached that way. And an example is if I so the four things the kids ideally have from us is that their feelings are okay. Yes. Um, that they're a good kid that they can make mistakes safely and that they can trust adults to be in charge. So a child that's got a sense that all those four things are true. Yes. Um, sales through, you know, yep. and into the, you know, the successful rounded adults that we're tr- all trying to raise. Um, what happens as an example, if a step parent say that I've been working with um, yep. really wants number four to be true. I want, I, they want the child to trust that adults can be in charge. And a dad that I was working with lately, lately was like, yeah, right. So I'm trying to expect them to trust that adults can be in charge, but I haven't got a foundation with them because I haven't got the, the day-to-day and history um, yeah. of having a, their trust and things. So we can we can use that frame to go, well, I'm expecting, I'm expecting that, but I haven't laid a foundation. And so there's other parts within the course of how we – um, build connection and relationship so that the children feel safe to trust us because without the trust and connection, um, yeah, it's a lot to um, yeah behave well for someone. <laughs> not even behave well. Like we're not chasing good behaviour. We're chasing, um, yeah, flow in families. Yes. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And so the push-pull was interesting to me when I revisited it. Yeah. And that's – the, the idea that in any given moment it helps as a parent to think, is my child in push, as in pushing me away, or are they in pull, which is pulling me in? Yeah. And so what can happen in a family is that a child learns through um, yeah, their life experiences that they're safest. They might feel they're safest if they're um, – as much the same person as their parent right. as they can get. Yeah. And so it's like, I like my eggs the way you like your eggs. I like um, 
I hate dad the way you hate dad. Like, you know, they've separated and, you know, I'm, I'm on board with you because I know that that's served me well in the past and I will be you and close to you and enmeshed with you. Yeah. That's like the, that's the unhealthy end of that spectrum. Yeah. And so then when we notice that, that's a a moment when we're, we're noticing that we encourage independence and separation. So, yeah, like like skilling them up in, yeah, it's okay for them to have their own opinion and it's okay, um, which can be really hard if it's going through our black box and we're, you know, dad isn't our favourite person and yeah. <laughs> um, we're showing that with our body language and things we say and things we do. So, yeah, that's, you know, we can, we can think about um, how we can support our child to be their own unique individual and to help them feel safer to be um, expressing um, their unique opinions and to even be able to tap into them because that's what happens. They turn off because they've been dialed down for so long. Um, the child doesn't even know who they are, except that they need to be um, safe and that's a way that they're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm giving extreme examples here, but that's so that we can pull it apart with the other bit. And yeah. then the pushing away is that a child, um, yeah, to feel safe, do the, I'm so different than you. Um, you don't know me and you, um, yeah, I don't need you because that can come about from, I haven't been able to, you know, depend on you to be predictable, which is whether we know kids get safety. Yep. And so things might happen. And an indication of that might be that it happens all the time. You, you go out with a child and you're like, wow, um, it's really good. we saw a movie and, you know, um, had a, you know, what felt like a really nice time and then they get home and there's an explosion or, you know, you're barely out of the car and they're, they're off you. Yes. And how much that hurts because you're like, oh, well, we just, yeah. <laughs> I just took the, the afternoon to do that and we spent all that money and how much do you need and you're a bottomless pit and, um, you know, this is what I hear all the time and yes. have experience, yes. And so then we get really confused and we go, well, what's the point? We do nice things for them and they don't give it back. And um, the light bulb for me was that the way the presenter explained that is that it it felt in, so intimate for the child that that they're like, oh, I need to play it a bit safe here because I don't know that I can rely on that to be how mum always is. And so there's pushback as a, like I'd, prefer to break up with you before you break up with me. That yeah, kind of I get that. Yeah. yeah. And so that's a that's a playing safe in a push. And so when when a child um yeah, in a pull, um and the it's our job to encourage independence. And if they're in a push, it's our um job to center ourselves, um, hold a hold a limit on anything that's you know, um, yes, agreement breaking yeah. within our family, but um, yeah, be a bit Teflon so that they don't get to see us explode because the the child's checking. Like, is that for real? Like, how come how come that went so well? <laughs> they're yeah. not even consciously thinking it. They're just they're just um, frightened by you know what they might get used to, and yes. that, yeah, and so doesn't that help, Louise? 
It certainly does, Mel. I mean, yeah, I love the example that you've given there, and yeah, a lot to think about uh, in terms of in terms of how we communicate. And those four things. Uh, that kids need from us is is worth thinking about, and I guess having a bit of a think about which is which is the priority for us, but how do we achieve the other three as well? Um, yeah, because that that gives us a bit of an insight into what our uh, I guess values are as well. Yeah, so to recap them, the child needs to know that their feelings are okay, and that comes through. Um, us being alongside them emotion coaching, yes. which we regularly talk in here about, that they're a good kid. So they might do things that, you know, are outside family agreement, but that yes. we're all here giving this a red hot go. Yeah. Um, that they can make mistakes safely so that there's not um, shame and big reprimands and that there's room for mistake making and that they can trust adults to be in charge and that gets um, shown through action, not not our intention. Right. And, and then there's within that, Beyond that, there's a phase of moving into the new home. That's like the roof if you're drawing it because it's, um, yeah, it's a, it takes some time for people to learn that that's available to them and um, a given and that they can trust that that's, that's all true. Yes. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Louise. Oh, I love it. <laughs> No wonder we're all tired. We're doing a lot. We are and doing we, a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we're doing all those things to, to a degree anyway. Like this, this just gives words to what we're doing and helps us, um, yeah, get focus. Absolutely. So that, yeah, if we're confused by our behaviour or our kids, we go, ha, ha, light bulb moment. Yeah. My next step could be this. And then it's like, ah, Okay. I love it. Let's step in that direction. Yeah, mm. 100%. Mel, thank you so much for your time today. It is always a pleasure to have you give us some food for thought for parenting. It is uh, one of the most important jobs we'll ever have. So we really appreciate your contribution to the juice. Thanks, Louise.